Hi, everyone. Welcome back. Welcome to the Astrology of March. I am Friam Marshall. And I have Andre. Um, Andre Weibel. <laughs> yes, I have Andre again with me. If you guys have been listening for a couple months, you know that Andre and I um, do a monthly outlook on fun astrological topics and themes. So this month, like I said, we're going over March. March is a lot different than what we've been experiencing, um, especially the past month, because in February and Aquarius season, we had a lot of squares to um, the Taurus placements, so like Jupiter and Uranus. And we also had a lot of conjunctions with Pluto for anything moving into Aquarius. And this month for March, everything is like very smooth. We have a lot of sextiles between Pisces and Taurus now, which is great. Um, (laughs) It's definitely, you know, squares are dynamic and squares do produce some sort of results, but oftentimes it's felt like a tension and sextiles are more of just like a smooth flow of energy, kind of like, oh, things are just working out, um, in a pleasant way or with little effort put in. Yeah. Yeah. And cause they're the nature of Venus um, and, and uh, Hellenistic astrology for our friends who may not know uh, the aspects, um, all the aspects, except the conjunction, I believe are yeah. of the nature of certain planets. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And sextile is the nature of Venus. So um, it, it, it's, um, harmonizing symmetrical provides ease and smoothness and pleasantness and contentment and just like oh it's it's not like a trine like a windfall of blessings like saturn yeah you know? but it's just like it's just like that contentment that you feel when you're like oh it's a beautiful day outside and the sky is blue and, mm-hmm. and like i'm with people that i love just that really nice like it's very it's very pleasant so and sextiles they're they they often get um kind of glossed over yes no pressure like we're, we're gonna start talking about every single sex style but they're i mean they're you know like they're 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 important and and yeah i'm excited to be able to kind of delve into the symbolism of sex styles uh with you today i know because i i'm definitely like i am guilty of that where i'm like i don't want to talk about this it's a sex style oh me too and like a yeah. lot of the times too it's like the sextiles, I feel like there's so much more going on that people don't often feel or see or notice what was what's there with a the sextile, or it's like such a quick transit that it's it's long gone. Um, so yeah, it's perfect that like it's a very Venusian feeling with all these sextiles. We're in you know Pisces season for a good chunk of March, which is the exaltation place of Venus. We have Venus moving into Pisces, which is wonderful. Um, We have a Pisces party, period. (laughs) Um, So it's very like Venusian. So themes around love and beauty and aesthetics and pleasurable things and connection and this like just enjoyment for things that make you feel good. (laughs) So our first transit we have is um, March 2nd. Our first uh, laundry list of sextiles is 
the sun sextile Jupiter and Taurus. Um, so this, you know, sun sextile Jupiter just seems like a very optimistic outlook on things. It could be, you know, the story that you're kind of working through, get some sort of support or benefit from other people or like an outside source. Um, I also see it as like the joy that comes when the light begins to return because in Pisces season is when we really start noticing the difference between um, how much dark is during the, the day and how much light is during the day. If you live in a seasonal climate, like the Northern hemisphere. Um, so I just think of like, you know, starting out March, it seems like there's just this like bump of optimism coming through that like is going to really tone the month. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's lovely that we start off with this nice little sextile here. Like, uh, um, I really like the first part that you said, um, you know, ideal images like being, what, what was you said, like being aided or, or helped? Um, yeah. Like the sun being, yeah. you know, our, the story or the, the game that we're the quote unquote game that we're playing currently and just having some sort of outside benefactor or person coming in to support us in that i you know i think of like yes. a tagging in a good friend or something <laughs> yeah yes i love that and like yeah especially with the sextile it's going to be nice and pleasant and like jupiter um aside from being a benefactor i always love um using the symbolism of like a teacher or a guru mm. um just like this really wise sage-like person coming in being like yes perhaps we should do this and this here and and it's just really helpful and like i i heard um sadhguru say once that uh gurus do not they they oh god what is it they're not they don't they only pass you the torch of enlightenment but they cannot enlighten you mm. as in you are you're handed something, you're handed a light to light your way. Um, and that is the teachings of the guru, the, the spiritual precepts and principles and um, whatever system you're practicing, you know, those kinds of teachings, the, yeah. the very um, Jupiterian guru sort of deal that helps you along the way. So yeah, like maybe, maybe some kind of authority figure um, being some kind of guru in this, in this sense with the sun sextile Jupiter and uh yeah, the ideal images of philosophy, religion, spirituality, morals, and ethics, and politics being illuminated somehow, um, you know, a light being shown on them. I saw um, I saw on your Patreon today that um, you posted something about the sun and Pluto and their similarities. Also, mm -hmm. if you guys don't follow Rise Patreon, for all the people who may be watching that don't, you totally should. It's fantastic. Uh, uh, the sun, you, you mentioned that the sun cleanses. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, of course. Yeah. The sun cleanses and like that is just, that's so beautiful because like it doesn't, it doesn't necessarily have to do that by conjunction. Like the nature of the sun is to light things and to heat things. So mm -hmm. any aspect that it's making seems to have this really like, it puts something in the spotlight so much so to the point that it's like, okay, we have to, we we're examining this now 
Mm Uh, what are we going to do with it? You know, like it's, it is the intellect. So it's in the light of our intellect. So we are now uh, working with that planetary energy that the sun is illuminating. Um, so yeah, I just, I just really love that imagery that you painted there. -hmm. Yeah, thank you. Um, you know, the sun, relatively speaking, is our intellect and how we understand the world around us. If we think about it just plain and simple, it's like, When the sun rises, it illuminates everything. So it's able to see what is around it. Um, so there's this sense of, you know, the beginning of the month, maybe gaining some sort of insight or deeper knowledge about something, um, especially in like, you know, the sun being in Pisces and a very receptive sign and Jupiter ruled sign. Um, it's, a, it's a sense of higher wisdom and, you know, Jupiter being in an earth sign. So maybe there's some sort of tangible learning skill that is happening for you around this time period. Yes. Yes. I love that. Yeah, Yeah. it's great. So let's go on to our, our next sextile. It's going to be very repetitive um, for this episode. March 4th, we have Mercury sextile Uranus. I love Mercury Uranus dynamics. I just think that they're, they're, um, they're here for a good time. Um, you know, Unexpected plans lead to good times. Um, you know, like a friend calling you last minute for supper, something like that. Uh, it could also just be like little light bulb moments. Um, Uranus and Mercury themselves, they're very like, oh, aha, like kind of breaking out of some sort of stuck mind, a stuck mindset. Um, you know, we have Mercury on the other side of the sun after its conjunction in the end of February. Um, So it's like ushering in a new cycle. So I almost like feel like it's some sort of wisdom gained um, after this conjunction where you're kind of able to like really realize something that has been going on um, that, you know, has been feeling stuck possibly. Um, it's an interesting one, you know, Mercury kind of being debilitated and Pisces still hidden from the sun. Um but it feels like this process of breaking out of something. Mm -hmm. yes yeah and and again with the sextile um with the venusian influence and i guess with the venusian influence in pisces too because pisces is the exaltation of venus um venus adds an artful flair to whenever she's involved with things so it just so so i feel like that kind of smoothens uh the really like very analytical side of mercury in a way where it's like yeah you know what i'm this is exactly the the down to the decimal point of you know whatever we're doing and i feel like venus's sextile the the sextile just uh and being in pisces it just really makes things nice and artful so like um an examination of uranian images um that's not like you know super cut and dry you know like cold compartmentalizing and data whatever um, that mercury is great at um it just kind of makes it more like oh especially being in pisces like how does this make you feel i'm i'm realizing that water signs at like water things ask us like how does this make you feel Hmm. you know as opposed to as opposed to mercury just being like what what just happened like we're going to analyze this objectively and gather the data water signs are like
so that happened. What's uh, how do, how do we feel on the inside about that? So, yeah, yeah, it almost we got the like, mental down. yeah, mental downs, of course. It almost like feels like, you know, speaking on like, like an example is like looking at a piece of art. It's like maybe seeing like a AI generated piece of art that really makes instills some sort of emotion or something like that, you know, something like that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I I love that. And and so we we might be examining symbols, you know, kindly, gently, smoothly examining symbols of freedom and revolution and experimentation. Um and seeing how, you know, what what that makes us feel like on the inside. Um and I I put a, I put down electrifying messages. which is, you know, sounds very bombastic, but the nature of Uranus is, is very electric. So again, with a sextile, might be a little more smooth. You might get like um, pleasantly electric news um, that is like revivifying or galvanizing in a way that makes you um, look forward to being content, look forward to experiencing that pleasure, those, those artful intimations of, that Venus is so good at. Yeah, it's funny because like, so like the fourth through the eighth, Mercury is kind of going through this gauntlet of connecting with outer planets. And it's like Uranus Yeah. first. So there's some sort of process of maybe breaking out of um, breaking out or liberating something that, you know, might have been hard to understand or like like you were saying, like analyzing the feeling That something's giving you or the emotional response you're having to something and then on march Yes. 8th we have mercury conjunct neptune which is like just it's in a whole nother realm um my favorite delineation for that is lucid dreaming to put it simply it's like it's like going through some sort of process in a sleep state um Yeah. or even just like you know having these wild I guess not fantasies, but thoughts with that Mercury Uranus and then not being able to tell like your fantasies from reality or something like that. Or is it something that I really want or does it seem very appealing in the, in the fantasy realm uh, with Yes. later on, on March 8th with that Mercury and your, excuse me, Mercury and Neptune. Um, so it's like a really weird couple of days for Mercury in the beginning of the month. <laughs> To, to say Yeah. the least. Yeah. Yeah. He's just kind of going through his like, um, I don't know. I, I see, I still see like, I'm, I'm really integrating like tarot symbolism with, with astrology, as you know, Mm -hmm. um, I'm seeing, I see Mercury as the magician just kind of go around, going around, like doing magician stuff and like, um, visualizing symbols and like really thinking about them and thus being able to translate and interpret them into uh physical reality practically but with neptune like it just and pisces in general um you know some say some say that neptune rules pisces we don't do that in this house jupiter rules pisces but neptune is you know very very similar to pisces in, in many ways so we can we can talk about that i guess but um just the um so it's it's so interesting like it, with this dynamic i just feel like we're analyzing like trying to put 
trying to use corporeal terms and language to describe the incorporeal and the intangible. Mm, yeah. Just like this really like oxymoronic sort of deal when Neptune and Jupiter, I'm sorry, Neptune and Mercury get together mm -hmm. or, um, you know, Mercury goes into Pisces. It's like trying to define the indefinable, mm. you know, the divine itself. Um, in ancient times, it was like blasphemous to try to define divinity, to define God, because any any definition that we would apply would instantaneously be limiting because of our limited human minds and capacity compared to the all permeating, all uh on the present love mm. and uh, dwelling of the divine, you know, it's the divine, the, it, it is the, uh, um, the uh, point in the circle whose center is everywhere and whose circumference is nowhere. Yeah. It's like this very big way of being able to define that. And Mercury kind of might put things into a box in that way. But I just, I hope that like, because like Mercury is debilitated because it is in fall and exile in Pisces. So like it's just it's just Poor weird. Mercury. That way. I know, right? Yeah. Like it's just going through this really tough time right now. Yeah. But that is not to say that Mercury uh, that Pisces Mercury people are just like they they can't like talk or something or they can't mm -hmm. think. Like obviously they can't. Um there's there's just there's again, you have to look at the nuance. It is like the sim the the interpreter of symbols, Mercury, being inside this realm that is just symbols. There's yeah. no words, there's no there's no there's no ways of translating and interpreting things. It's just it's just it's just the symbols. Yeah. There. That's it. It's just the dreams, it's just the images, it's just the visions. That's that's all it is. What yeah. can you make of that? And it's hard to do that for mercury because mercury is so used to being able to be like okay you know um abc xyz this this goes here and this you can't do that with pisces and and neptune here so yeah, yeah it's it's going to be very interesting there and um so one of the things that i wrote wrote down is like um mental placidity or tranquility um or foggy thoughts mm. vivid mental images to be translated concretely and practically again how um it's going to be a little more challenging <laughs> um transcendental thought process uh thought processes distorted or hazy plans data and calculations analyzing symbols of the ineffability of the divine so yeah, yeah. it's going to be a lot of that <laughs> i almost think Spiritual of like, yeah i almost think of like the the image of like having a prophetic dream and trying to analyze and understand that dream but maybe you just need to like let it be a dream and not analyze mm. like, not be like what does this mean and maybe the answer oh. is here right now yes. and the answer will come to you yes. you know something like that because I, I, I try to I, do that all the time too and then sometimes I'm like I I'm not meant to analyze this dream just yet <laughs> Yeah, I I love that because like, yes, sometimes a cigar can just be a cigar and like the Mercury often asks like because it rules earth signs uh, because it rules a earth sign Virgo. Mm -hmm. um, it asks, is this practical? Is this like, you know, what is the, the utilitarian use 
of this thing that I am examining and analyzing right now. Mm. And Pisces and, and Neptune, I really feel like they're just like, they're beauty for beauty's sake, they're divinity and spirituality and mysticism for, for their own sake, not, not, and yes, to, to be practically useful, but like, again, defining the the incorporeal with corporeal terms is just so difficult. So you just have to let things work inside of you as opposed to trying to put, to categorize them and label them and, yeah. you know, distribute them. Um, so yeah, that, that, I love that imagery that you, that you just painted about just letting a dream be a dream and like maybe not being able to put all the pieces together to interpret it and just letting it work through you. And again, asking you, how does that feel? Yeah, exactly. And I think like, it's like not getting obsessed with everything, having some sort of symbolic meaning. Cause sometimes like Ooh. it doesn't, or sometimes yeah. you're just not meant to mm -hmm. know the symbolic meaning, you know? Exactly. Something like that. Yes. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. We, I mean, like myself being a Virgo sun um, and Pisces rising and Saturn, I'm like, what does this symbol mean? And how can I like make it integrate into my life and like live my yeah. life practically with these images? And it's like, it's not going to, it's not going to be that way every time. There's uh, like, we don't have the, sometimes mental apparatus to do so. Yeah, it's like a Jack Skeleton and Nightmare Before Christmas. He's like, what does it mean? And he's like analyzing like all the Christmas. Stuff. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. Yeah. <laughs> Just pop in my head. So should we throw a wrench <laughs> uh, the monkey works with our wonderful sextiles of March? And on March 9th, we have a Mars square Uranus, which is like completely oh, like yeah. not, <laughs> it's <Ooh>. not, <laughs> it's Mars square Uranus is, somewhat i wouldn't say like volatile but you know like the very stereotypical thing is like accidents by rushing or not thinking things through um impulsive decision making um like the best way it like sudden sudden unexpected like events happening um you know mars being things like action aggression cutting stuff like that uranus being the sudden the um What's the word I'm looking for? It's a very common word. The unexpected. Um, so March 9th is a little, you know, a little little weird thing happening with all these sextiles. Um, what are your yeah. thoughts on this? Like, like unpacking with like this wonderful Venusian energy and then all of a sudden like this gets thrown in. Yeah, I... I mean, I think it's so fitting that it's a Uranus aspect, first of all, Mars and Uranus, honestly. Mm. I mean, like, so Uranus is much more associated with, you know, the unexpected and the sudden. And like, because of that sudden, suddenness, it's kind of seen as destabilizing. Mm. Um, and Mars, you know, I, I always thought, <laughs> I always make this joke that I think that Mars was Uranus before Uranus was like discovered. Uh, yeah, um, totally. Because of... <laughs> Um, it, it's, it, it is also like pretty volatile, you know, and, and it's quick. So like that quickness itself can be just like, Oh, where did that come from? Like, it's, it, it's just, you know, you had no idea. So that, I think that unpredictability is what makes it volatile itself. Like, I don't, I don't like using, you know, those absolute kinds of terms, mm -hmm. um, but squares, you know, 
from Mars, you know, squares being the nature of Mars to Uranus, this like very electrical, very like galvanizing force um, that is Titanic in many ways that you just don't really have a way to control. You don't really have a way to see where it's going to go. Um, yeah, it's, it's very interesting, especially with all the really nice little like, you know, the sextiles and then the, oh, we have the, the conjunction from Mercury to Neptune and oh, everything's beautiful and glittery, glittery and rose colored. And then we have the fucking like, yeah, the, the scorpion's tail, like stinging Yeah. us with, um, with like, you know, that, that's, that sting of poison. Um, you can see it as scorpion's tail or uh, ram's head, fucking like headbutting you out of nowhere. Um, Yeah, it's like finding but a yeah, Scorpio right. or a scorpion in your boot, like putting your foot in a boot and being like, I did not expect that. <laughs> yeah exactly yeah so like so this one i wrote down electrical fires not literally but just like you know you know this this really like um a lot of nervous system activity just a lot of stuff um and the heat and quickness of mars exacerbating that a little bit um inflammation of revolutionary ideation Uh, sacrifices for a greater cause of liberation and revolution, tyranny and aggression disguised as innovative or out-of-the-box thinking, uh, shocking selfishness and accidents. Like you said, I mean, it, it, this one for sure is, um, I don't like being like, be careful of blah, 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 but Mars, you're honest, Mars square, you're honest, be careful, y'all. Like, it was just, just, just try to not do a bunch of driving or just relax <laughs> that yeah night. yeah it could even just be like shocking or disturbing news or like information coming your way with that with that um Aquarius energy coming through, you know, Mars being in Aquarius, Yeah. Mars can kind of be disturbing things as well. So it might not Yeah. be a, like a physical manifestation of an accident, but it might be like a disturbing thing that you see on your newsfeed or the news or you hear somewhere or something like that. Yeah. Uh, and just one more like little thing there. Um, Adam recently said um, that Aquarius is like, is like, it's lofty ideals and like, it's the plans of the gods, the plans that just seem like so far up there that they're kind of detached from, you know, the everyday, everyday, you know, back and forth. And I think Taurus very much so is, is about what we, what we, what is essential You know, the the Mm -hmm. food and shelter and creature comforts and things like that. Um, maybe we might receive some, yeah, some disturbing transmissions um, from planners and plans that seem so detached that they don't take the the everyday, like, every person into consideration, like the uh, average Joe or however you want to call that. Yeah. Just like this really kind of, like, frightfully detached thinking um could be possible there with with mars being an aquarius squaring uranus and taurus and uranus and taurus is i mean we've seen like yeah we've we've seen some shocks and some destabilizations to the economy and our creature comforts as we know them so yeah Mm -hmm. just maybe maybe a little more yeah 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 unfortunately um so let's go to our next one after that nice little hot and heavy transit uh march 10th we have the new moon in pisces so Uh, the cycle resets, I guess you could say. 
it's sandwiched between Saturn and Neptune, which is very interesting to me. You know, uh, Saturn being at 11 Pisces, the new moon or the new moon being about 20 Pisces and then Neptune being at 27 Pisces. Um, mm -hmm. It's sextile Uranus and Taurus by one degree. <laughs> so there's that sextile, <laughs> but we're adding in Uranus, which adds a little bit of flavor or spice to it. Um, you know, it could be things like the kickstart of the imagination. Um, we'll mm -hmm. talk about this in a little bit, but this is also when Mercury moves into Aries on that same day, um, really getting out of Pisces and starting to like feel a little bit more comfortable. So, you know, it could be like very mental, um, you know, the moon ruling the mind and stuff like that. And Mercury, which rules thoughts moving into Aries on the same day of the new moon. I love that distinction you just made. The moon ruling the mind and mm. Mercury itself ruling thoughts. Yeah. Okay. Mental peg. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, yeah, it's just this like yeah. great little progression happening, you know? Yes. Um mm -hmm. yeah. But what anyways, what are your like how are you feeling about the new moon in Pisces with the I didn't even speak on it being sandwiched between Saturn and Neptune. That's pretty interesting, you know? Yeah. Well, um, well, you can go after me then. <laughs> um, so I, I enjoy Pisces in general. I'm, I'm pretty biased. Um, it's a little, it's a little nebulous to, um, to pin down and the moon being the mind, um, like the the initial like receptive quality of the mind and the plasticity like the neuroplasticity of the mind um i feel like here and, and the subconscious and illusions um which is all water science in a way but the moon especially being the first water sign is very much so about subconscious and mm -hmm. um and all those things so i'll i'll just read what i wrote, wrote. um examining subconscious projections and illusions of how we're perceiving the divine and the beautiful in the mundane. Like, what does that look like to us? Mm. You know, cause that, that, that's subjective. And that's, that's another thing with water signs, as opposed to the um, objectivity of earth and air. Water signs are very, very subjective. Um, yeah. So that's, I mean, that's just going to be very much so like, how do we in particular interpret that? There might be, there might, yes, there absolutely is a collective way of interpreting that, but our individual subjective ways of perceiving beauty, because I mean, beauty is in the eye of the beholder, you know, something that seems really, really like off-putting or repulsive uh, to some people can be uh, really, you know, beautiful to others, oh. um, like heavy metal music, something that's just something that popped in my head. Um, but heavy metal music is definitely not Piscean. I digress. <laughs> um, so yeah, examining those subconscious projections and illusions of how we perceive the beautiful and the divine in the mundane and the everyday, um, examining the distortions of how we dream, hope, and imagine, um, examining the subconscious intoxications and projections of what it means to unite with the divine, um, comfort at, at this time, we might feel more comfort and security with the inner and the subjective and the artful and the creative so a great time 
beautiful time to do some poetry and some dancing and create music and art and photography and and all these you know very subjective things again like we don't not everyone considers art to be like artful um i don't yeah. know i'm not explaining that correctly <laughs> no you know i know what, what you mean, mean. yeah like contemporary art or like someone draws a circle on a piece of canvas and you're like how is this art but other people see it as like <laughs> meaningful <laughs> yeah i know right. what you yes mean. <laughs> exactly yeah it's it's that sort of deal i i think um so just kind of because uh pisces is a um is a mutable sign too so it's very much so about the the uh both it's the double bodied it's double it's called double bodied in ancient astrology um mutable signs are so it's it's really about that it's really going to make make us examine our uh subconscious like attachments and projections of like being in a body and being incarnated in a body and then also like not being of the physical world yeah and like having this kind of run-in of realizing like, oh my God, I'm not just like, I'm not just like this, this body. I'm not just here to just pay bills and fucking die. Like I'm yeah. here to like experience this, have this spiritual experience of a soul experience of experiencing the physical realm through a body. The body is just a tool. It's a very important tool that we should take care of. Um, but like making that like kind of distinction of of yeah just that again that corporeal and incorporeal the mundane and the divine mm. um that teetering back and forth of like you know getting super um you know intoxicated with the physical world and really pulled in and really um getting lost in that you know the distractions of the physical world um whether pleasurable or not pleasurable remember um Venus is exalted in Pisces. So like Pisces can be kind of hedonistic in a way um, yeah. because it's trying to escape um, or disconnect or dissociate. Um, so it just kind of, it just kind of loses itself and can potentially become very intoxicated with the physical world. And also it's like, <laughs> it's also like this, like kind of hermit sort of deal or like just wants to distance itself from from all the physical happenings and just like meditate on a on a mountaintop for mm. days just like be gone be done with everything um yeah in the world not of the world that's that's one thing i like there um but the aspects man <laughs> um the the conjunction to saturn um lift the veils of meditation and contemplation um emotional work uh, emotional work um like you know the moon conjunct saturn emotions and then work so like working on your emotions working on your emotional maturity or responsibility uh being asked to do that in that way um or emotional hindrance or obstacles that, yeah. that might be there too um and then conjunct neptune <laughs> it's so weird it's a weird one because like here we have again the the mundane of of saturn you know like just like the put your nose to the grindstone be responsible be mature be practical get shit done 
And then Neptune's like, really? Let's let's <laughs> let's think past that. Let's go all the way out into the stratosphere and only think about the divine, the transcendental, the um the uh, omnipresent deity, um conceptual mysticism and spirituality, um, the occult. And you know, Saturn is also a planet that represents the occult too, but mm -hmm. um it's like they're coming at it from two different perspectives. Like Neptune is like top down and Saturn is um, starting from the bottom, like working your way up. Yeah. You know, they're mystical in that way, but they just have this very different um, modus operandi of, of, you know, how they work. So I think that's going to be a really interesting dynamic that's going to make itself known. Um, and I, I hope that we take the time to examine that dynamic too, because I, I don't say this, I, I don't think that I'm the only person here because just, just of all the Pisces stuff that I have, that I'm really teetering between this divine mundane um, border. I think it's every single person. I think that every single person needs to sit down and be like, wow, I'm really, I'm incarnated in a, in a body right now. I'm a human. I'm in a human body, but like, I'm, I'm not of this world. So I, I really hope that that's going to be um, facilitated by the nice little uh, sextile that we have to Uranus and hopefully make us break through, uh, have some breakthroughs in that line of thinking. Yeah. And so like what I've been noticing about the archetype of Pisces is that there's almost like the negative side of it is this discontent for being like the human experience, Ooh. you know? Like, it's like, yes, uh, yes, like it, it just wants to float in the cosmic ooze of life, the collective mm -hmm. ooze. Um, and there's just this like feeling of almost sadness or needing for, for redemption for just being a human. So maybe it's like we need to accept that we're all humans and that we can't always be somewhat Christ-like all the time and we make mistakes and yeah. you know redemption is there for a reason or we need to just accept the fact that like we can enjoy the human experience while having a spiritual experience as well too mm -hmm. yes it's 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 that balance of both mm -hmm. um and like, I I just, I love that. that That's why it's opposed to Virgo. Virgo's all about being practical, all about like, you know, being, you know, do, doing stuff here in the, in the physical realm, like getting yeah. stuff done here. But Pisces is very much so like, let's be creative for the sake of being creative. Let's just, let's just imagine and hope and dream and come up with all these really beautiful um really beautiful feelings and virgo is like okay yes but how can we how can we make that practically manifest itself to where it's not just like you know a, a nice sparkly thought yeah but like we have to hold the tension of both like we had like you said i mean we we it's that discontentment uh, that discontent of like oh, i have to I have to get up and, and like go to work and work my nine to five. Like, yeah, 
you do. But also, there's so many opportunities to see the divine in that seemingly mundane experience. Yeah. I just Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that should be an interesting new moon. Um, so let's talk about Mercury moving into um, Aries. So Mercury will be here until May 15th. Uh, it's here a while because this is where Mercury retrogrades. So we have for um, 2024, we have the Mercury retrogrades and fire signs. So Aries is the first fire sign. And it's the first retrograde of 2024, but this will not happen in March, luckily. Um, so Mercury now, instead of looking at Jupiter, answers to Mars. Mars is still in Aquarius, but will mo be moving into Pisces relatively quickly. Um, so some general themes of Mercury in any sort of Mars world sign, what I've noticed is things like quick wit and probing thoughts. Um, hand-eye coordination, you know, that, that, um, that agility that athletes need, Mercury ruling over athletes, Mars being fast things. Um, you know, it's a great placement for athletes, scientists, anything that has to do with movement or figuring things out. Um, what I've also noticed about Mercury in any Mars world sign is this need to dissect um, what people are thinking dissect how people speak maybe proving people wrong a little bit on what they say or having this um not necessarily mercury and aries so much as mercury and scorpio but like remembering what people say and holding them to it and bringing it back up in conversation like remember when you said this and kind of mm. having that having that um what's the word I'm looking for having that um, weapon in their back pocket, almost when it comes to conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Bringing the receipts. Yeah. Yeah. The proof. That's what I thought. That's what I thought. Audit yeah, exactly. But like the proof that's like, that may very well cause a, cause an argument or a disagreement or a heated exchange. Mm. Um, yeah. That, that kind of data, that yeah. kind of, like yeah that's the kind of data that mercury wants to bring here um i love that yeah i i wrote down uh aspiration of new and exciting ideas saplings of new plans and experiments and the desire to make changes and pursue them um the magician as the emperor going forth and breaking new ground and conquering uh in a way with with solid data and plans um yeah. solid planning like because like um sorry mars the ruler of aries can be a bit impulsive and a bit brash and a bit um you know it can kind of jump the gun a little bit um but mercury here um it's not like saturn with its fall in aries mercury here just kind of like i feel like it kind of makes us think ahead just a little more while mm -hmm. it's in aries but then like when it makes a decision the the gavel um this struck down I, I see i think um rick levine made made that like a, a symbol of aries like thor's hammer and the gavel being struck so a decision is made and mm -hmm. once that decision is made there's no going back yeah you're going for it like you're in it um so i i love that um a quick hot and cutting incisive mind and mental processes um passionate conversations and debates and exchanges 
a magical way of translating Mars data and images into reality um, and practically doing so. Impulsive thoughts and heated arguments. We, we always have to talk about the heated arguments with when Mercury and Mars get together in any way. Um, it's it's always a ability for that. Um, the the heat and inflammation that Mars brings really translates into our into our conversations that we have. So just be careful about that. But I yeah, I really love the the um being the spring equinox, the sign of the spring equinox, that that desire to burst forth again and like with new ideas, because especially of like with the liminal period, um I I just feel like Pisces itself is a very like it's like this embryonic sort of deal. Um, you know, creations and thought uh creativity is still in its infancy, but then in Aries it really like bursts through. And yeah, so I, I think that's that's very possible here, especially with Mercury. Uh it's so interesting that Mercury was making all these aspects and is the first planet of all these, you know, this party of planets to to break into Aries. Um, with all this data gathered. all these, all these experiences that it's had and that it's had to analyze. Um, so I hope that this, this new, um, it's not necessarily, it's not like a conjunction to the sun that Mercury has. That was last month. Um, but yeah, with all that data, <laughs> it's bursting through in, in Aries. And I, I hope that it, uh, helps us be more enterprising and pioneering and, and trailblazing. Um, So, yeah. Yeah, I was going to say something similar with the new moon happening on the same day. It's like there's this wonderful um, imaginary vision for something. And Mercury is the plan saying, mm -hmm. okay, let's do it. Let's like put the pen to paper and yeah. do the plan. And Mercury too is going to be emerging soon in the evening sky after being disappeared. So that's usually when a planet can project its topics and themes more prevalently so there is this sense of like something new is seeding and happening and the mind is saying let's do it let's go for it let's make a plan let's do let's have some sort of action in play um for this time period and like uh, you know i i, I never <laughs> I never mentioned this because I just assume people know it's like, yes. Okay. The new moon is happening on the 10th. Mercury is moving into Aries on the 10th, but you need to give it a window of a couple of days. It's not like everything's going to happen on the 10th. You know, the energy know. is still there. <laughs> so. Yeah, no, you're exactly right. It, it, it has to happen organically. A lot of people like, um, again, being, you know, astrology is a mercurial science and a Saturnian science as much as it is like a very beautiful mystical art mm -hmm. um so when people are like yeah um you know mercury's ingressing into aries on march the 10th so like march the 10th is going to be like huge day <laughs> paradigms are going to shift or something it's like no it's not i, I mean maybe but yeah it, it has to be organic it's, it's a passage of time you're mm -hmm. following the planets you're moving with them through these things so it's it's not like a i mean like yeah i guess manifest on the on the new on the in the moon cycles and yeah do that yeah. but like it's to me it's about meditating on the aspects and seeing how they're how they are impressing themselves on us and not just mm -hmm. how we impress ourselves on them and like use them 
you know yeah it's not it's not yeah it's it's seeing how they show up in the little things and not Mm -hmm. not expecting everything to be this big monumental event (laughs) um (laughs) in that sense um but on march 12th we have another ingress we have venus moving into the sign of pisces um exaltation place of venus it's a wonderful time um venus is here uh till april 4th so a couple weeks um yeah i wrote down things like soft or ethereal aesthetics that kind of very Mm. glowy dewy look um Mm -hmm. uh, i also wrote down the trend of glass skin. I don't know if you know what that is. It's like popular on TikTok and stuff. Uh, it's where the no. skin has this like dewy or iridescent glow to it. It's like you put something on your face to make it like that or cleaning like that. Um, but it's very like like a porcelain doll. Like you, you want your face <gasps> to look like a porcelain doll. So like that's a very <laughs> Venus and Pisces. <laughs> I don't know. That's like what I thought of. Um, yeah. I also think of like just classical Renaissance paintings of this like ideal image of what beauty is, of what the feminine um, body looks like, of that like mm-hmm. just like there's this like the painting is instill some sort of feeling, not just because they're beautiful, yeah. because like the emotions get touched, something like that. Mm-hmm. Yes, I just love that and and that kind of that kind of art and seeing seeing things like even more so like Pisces is already rose-colored glasses Mm. because it's the domicile of Jupiter but it's the domicile of Jupiter and the exaltation of Venus yeah so it's like this very like it can it can very well be like this yes porcelain like everything is you know very I, I don't I don't know how to like the delicacy of beauty mm. in a way. Yeah. You know, it's very yeah. it's very delicate and like, you know, it, it's it's very porcelain and very fragile. Mm. Um, but like I think that I think that lends itself to um it just always makes me think that like it always makes me remember that Pisces is like this very mystical play this very mystical temple of Jupiter because it's always examining the um the divide between you know the divine and the mundane all, mm-hmm. all the time like it's that's one of pisces significations like it's it, it is like the divine and the mundane and like it, it, i i am as you know i'm a big nerd and i i read a lot and i have been reading uh mystical tracts and treatises okay and if you read if you read like those kinds of those kinds of things from like mystics in in those certain sects and you know like maybe hinduism or even christian mysticism or buddhist mysticism is very beautiful you find this underlying theme um of of acting out of love Mm -hmm. that's it you can you can and you can read all the stuff that you want to read and all that but that is like that is like the universal rule of mysticism like acting from a place of love and venus is love and like it's so fitting that venus is exalted in pisces um 
it makes me think of the universal solvent of alchemy, which which is love. Mm -hmm. it, it it is like all these things being amalgamated and diluted together in a soup of of love. And that's what it really is. Like it's not like we don't we overcomplicate things so much. And yes, they do need the details, they do need the planning and the data and the numbers and the practicality. But really it should all just come from this inner place of of deep love. And again, that's easier said than done. I, I say that now and my 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 Virgo brain and my Saturn first house Saturn are like, yes, but how? And that is absolutely a valid question. It is. So that's why Virgo and Pisces are are so uh, they're like peanut butter and jelly. Mm -hmm. You know, you you have to like examine, yes, the the deep oceanic feelings of love for your fellow man, just because they're just because they're fellow humans. Mm -hmm. And also, how do you get there? How do you get to that point of being able to like have this boundless oceanic love for someone or something? Because mm -hmm. um, like that's why i mean that's why i started looking into um you know mysticism and and the occult and stuff because i was just i was bogged down with all the details of like what am i gonna what am i gonna do like the the world is on fire how can i how can i reconcile another another venus keyword mm -hmm. how can i reconcile these really difficult um th this these images of suffering of of loss and and pain with love how, how how can i how can i still feel and generate a feeling of love and happiness inside myself when all these details when i'm when i'm losing the forest for the trees yeah um and you know again pisces being the big picture the big picture is love especially with venus and pisces that's what it's about so yeah. and and yeah that might kind of seem impractical um but i hope with saturn there um it really helps us with that practical idealism that's what i love about uh pisces saturn um having with myself it it helps you again practically and tangibly interpret and translate those really subjective inner mystical visions and dreams into something that's useful practical so I, I hope that I hope that this Venus and Pisces um uh ingress will be will be like that and will be like that for the duration of Saturn's time there in Pisces. Yeah. I was trying to think of like a theme song for the month and originally I had put down You Got a Friend by Carol King, but maybe it's all you need is love by the Beatles. You know? Mm. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> yeah I like to do I like yeah. to play that game with myself is like I pick out like a, th a theme song for the month and just like keep mm -hmm. it to myself but I figured I'd share that with you guys <laughs> I love that yeah but both yeah both, both. Um, <laughs> I I didn't know uh I didn't know Carol King originally sang that song um mm -hmm. have you heard the James Taylor version yes I have mm-hmm that's one of my favorite songs of all time and like mm -hmm. if you guys if you guys listen to the, if you guys haven't heard that song please please listen to it and listen to the lyrics mm -hmm. um it is it's just about this unity of uh this harmony and symmetry of just two people that love each other not romantically 
Yeah. but just who just really care about each other and want to be there and like be there in times of trouble and times of happiness and times of grief and times of everything. Um, and yeah, I, I, I love that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, so our next one, I, you know, this isn't something that like, I would like regularly bring up, but I feel like it's like the March 14th, there's something going on around that time period. We have the moon and Taurus sandwiched right between Jupiter and Uranus. And as we know, Jupiter and Uranus are getting closer and closer to conjoining, which will happen in April. So I feel like there's something there. We have an exalted moon. We have this Jupiter Uranus sandwiched right there. It just seems like, you know, the circumstances or the situation of whatever's going on in that day are elevated to new heights, possibly, as I always say, with that Uranus energy breaking through the glass ceiling, um, expanding mm -hmm. into something. Um, maybe it just feels like a lucky day or you just have a good hair day or like you wear clothes that you like or you're, you know, something. It just seems like it would be like a nice little sprinkle on top of March. Yeah. yeah. And, and like, I think it's so um, interesting that the moon has this dynamic too of, of like, of um, what shall I say? it's kind of like a flip-flop Venus where Venus rules an air sign, but is exalted in a water sign. The moon rules a water sign, but is exalt. I'm sorry. Um, Venus rules an earth sign and is, did I say that it Venus rules an earth sign and is exalted in a water sign. Yes. And then, okay. Yeah. And then the moon rules a water sign and is exalted in an earth sign. Mm -hmm. So like they both have this, this way of, um, I don't know, just, just making, just manifesting the beautiful and the divine into the, into the mundane. And that's one of the, that's one of the significations of the moon too. Yeah. It is like seeking the beauty of, 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 of divinity in, in the everyday. And with, with it being sandwiched between um, Jupiter and Uranus, I just really love that because like, I, I'm hoping that we might receive some kind of like really valuable teaching from Jupiter um, that helps us break through in a way that helps us integrate that into our into our everyday into our creature comforts into our um you know fixed earth things like maybe yeah. our money maybe our maybe our, our shelter some something some kind of teaching that we might receive um that might not be you know earth shattering or like you know paradigm shifting because the moon moves so quickly but it's just like oh I hadn't thought of it that way. What, like a like a aha or eureka light bulb moment of some really valuable teaching. Um, yeah, that that just that is just really helpful, especially yeah. with the moons that being exalted. Yeah, exactly. So I went back to see when it would exactly start being sandwiched. So it is. So I'm using Eastern Standard Time. So just change for your time zone. Um, the moon moves at 14 degrees past that 13 degree mark of Taurus, past Jupiter around 7 p.m. Eastern on March 13th. So it's a wonderful night, I should say, instead of 14th mm. being a wonderful day. So maybe you just have a pleasant supper or anything. It's a Wednesday night, so who knows what's going to happen. Um, I go to paint nights on Wednesday, so maybe I just do a <laughs> really cool painting on that, that, that night, something like that. Um, 
yeah, it just seems like yeah. a great, it seems like a good time. Um, <clears throat> so yeah. we digress. Um, our next transit we have is March 17th. We have the sun making its yearly conjunction with Neptune. This is in the sign of Pisces. It's been happening in the sign of Pisces for the past, what, eight years, seven years, five years, something like that. Longer than that. Um, it's been happening in Pisces for a while. <laughs> so some <laughs> themes that are very common for Sun, Neptune are like fool's gold, like the ideal image of life itself. Um, you know, the Sun being the ideal, the constant. Neptune kind of being the dissolution of what's constant or what's ideal. Um, it could also be, you know, with with the exaltation, with Pisces being the exaltation of Venus, people often forget Venus is associated things with associated with things like perfection. I think we also we throw that on Virgo a lot, and we forget that Venus is associated with cleanliness and perfection. So, with the Sun and Neptune conjunct in yes. yeah in the exaltation sign of Pisces or in Venus, I think of just striving towards some sort of perfection or ideal image like i was saying um another play on words i said is the idea of the ideal um so what is that it's also happening during the first quarter moon so there's this kind of crisis crisis of consciousness happening or unfolding um it's right around the first quarter moon it's just kind of lingers on afterwards um so you know, it feels like there's some sort of, um, like to something is not how you imagined it to be working out in, in a sense, possibly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I love the, I love the differentiation you made with like, um, Venus also being about cleanliness and and purity um with with it being exalted in Pisces mm. um it might be about spiritual cleanliness and purity mm. um you know like mystical cleanliness and purity um that kind of like yeah that personal inner subjective cleanliness cleanliness and things like that and with the moon um uh what was it? Um, oh yeah, um, with that whole moon dynamic, that that kind of core crisis of like realizing that we are uh, transital, like we are mm. uh, not here for a long time, yeah, and that we are also a nature of impermanence, and even even though that's the case, that eternity is just going to be eternal and just continue even with without us mm. um without this body uh, we'll incarnate over and over again and we'll hopefully learn our lessons and transcend a, a new higher realm but eternity is just going to continue being here and like it just kind of made me it just kind of made me think of that imagery of like um of time and eternity you know um so yeah, and then so oh yeah, um the the sun conjunct Neptune. Um 
yeah, transcendental goals, um, incorporeal or spiritual gold, as opposed to like, you know, earthly recognition or earthly accolade, something like that, you know, that like, oh, I, I'm going to be the best, like, um, I'm going to be the best, uh, magician or something or occultist or, or something, you know, <laughs> or I'm going to be the best, um, I'm going to be the best mystic there, there was, or something like that, um, in a good way, you know, like striving towards that is, is good because the sun gives us something to strive for. And even though we might not reach that ideal image every single time, the fact that we strive towards that and are, are trying to integrate something like that into our own lives by translating it in our, um, human way, perhaps a little more limited than the ideal divine image of God. Um, that, that in itself is like, is very powerful that that's striving towards that. So that's, that's good. I, I love that. Um, um, self-expression, uh, like a, like an ethereal or kind of foggy self-expression too, um, with that Neptune, uh, an illumination of the collective unconscious. Uh, I also put down an image that I like, like a light cutting through fog, like a, just like everything being like really foggy and kind of nebulous and swimmy and soupy. And then just like a ray of sunlight, cutting through and illuminating that um those sort that that sort of foggy um hard to pin down thing about the collective unconscious that you know it's it's so hard to define we can define our own conscious fine and you know adequately <laughs> but the collective unconscious is a little more a little more hard to pin down so hopefully we get uh some kind of insight there about that but um Yeah, and then uh, divine purpose, dissolution of the um, of the individual and the selfhood, and then I also put down um, the kingdom of God is within you. Um, it's it's when um, there is a I don't remember what gospel it was from, but you know people were like, hey hey Jesus, where is where is heaven? Like, where is it? How far away is it? How do we get there? Blah blah. blah. And he was like, heaven is is not a place where he's like, low, look, low, behold, heaven, there it is. Uh, look here, look there. Uh, I say to you, the kingdom of God is within you. Mm. It's not this outward place that you go to, that you that you, you know, run towards. It is, it's, it's, it's here. It's inside of you. So that in itself is a that means. Here we go again with the watery subjectivity. It's a subjective state of mind. So is hell. And and yeah. that again is it, it's it's hard to pin that down because like there's absolutely circumstances where there's, you know, it's akin to hell. Um like physically, you know, you could be starving, you could be in the middle of a war zone. Um your family could be being torn apart in that way, but it, it, it's it's there's there's that aspect of it the physical aspect of it but then the mental aspect of like how can i create my own heaven on earth or my own hell on earth how am i doing so uh, and and yeah really like really with the sun conjunct neptune there like i know we don't really we don't necessarily talk about the synodic cycle of outer planets because they move so slow but i think i think when the sun conjuncts any planet it's very significant it mm -hmm. does get put through the crucible at 
it is cleansed, it is purified. It's, it's um, the dross of that planet might be burned away to make room for something new, um, for, some, for a new chapter. Um, and yeah, it's been happening in Pisces for the last six, seven or eight years for yeah. sure. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I just hope with, with Venus being there and Saturn being there, um, I hope that we're able to practically integrate that sort of like that cleansing of the perceptions. Uh, what should I say this? That cleansing of transcendental impurities that we, we might have or impurities uh of how we perceive transcendence and the impurities of that that's mm. a better way to say that um yeah i just really love that concept of like the kingdom of god being being in you and like and because because i i think about you know we we live we live in a first world country quote-unquote first world it's very developed we have all these super cool creature comforts and all that but i see images of people um in third world countries and like have you have you ever just like looked through through shots of like photographers and like how freaking happy those people are yeah and yet they, and they have don't they, so much less than us supposedly exactly exactly like so much so much less but on the inside they're rich they found that inner spiritual gold that is like how do you how do you you know you don't have a 2027 ford xyz something you know how can you be happy and they're like no I'm, I'm fine i have i have inner gold i have inner resources so i just i i really love that for for this for sun neptune aspects mm -hmm. you made me think of another song i need to add for my theme for march it's time in a bottle by jim croce <laughs> oh my god i love jim croce me too i've heard that such song uh, I've been on such a kick, kick with Jim Croce. Um, yeah. But I will not bore you guys with it. <laughs> so our You're next... Gonna no, I won't, I won't sing it. I'll, I'll save that for later. Um, our next <laughs> transit, and I'm going to shamelessly plug myself, um, is the sun Ooh. ingressing into Aries. And this is the spring equinox. So every year on my Patreon, I do a um, a chart for the exact moment the sun ingresses into Aries to kind of look over the themes of the year and that's like a mundane outlook of of the you know solar year from Aries season through so if you guys want to hear my take on uh the sun ingressing into Aries join me on Patreon um yeah so this happens around March 20th every year um given time zones and stuff sun's here until about April 19th and this is the official return of light where darkness has been defeated and light is rising. This is the mm -hmm. exaltation place of the sun. So the sun is an honored guest in the sign of Aries or the temple of Mars. Interesting enough, we have the moon in Leo on that day too. Um, possibly indicating the solar year being hot, fiery, or bold the moon and the sun are trying very closely when the sun moves into Aries with an exalted mm -hmm. sun and the moon in the sun's domicile. So there's a lot of solar themes going on for 2024 for the solar year, you know, solar themes being authority, quote unquote, father figures, metaphorical fa father figures, one's own ambitions, 
um, one's own legacy, um, kind of, uh, I guess, like honor and status as well, too, um, which is interesting because we have a, you know, in the United States where we're recording this, it's an election year, which is a very, you know, father figure-esque, I guess you could say, <laughs> or father <laughs> figure themed, you know, who's going to be the yeah. president. Yeah. So it's an interesting spring equinox. I love the fact that the moon is in Leo. I love the mm -hmm. fact that when the sun ingresses into Aries, it's very closely trying to the moon. Um, so there's this synergy or support going on between the circumstances and the story as well for the solar year. Yes. I love that. Yeah. And I, and I never really like even thought of the, the, um, you know, looking at the spring equinox as an omen or an oracle of like how the rest of the year is going to pan out. But it makes sense because it's it is it is a new year. Mm -hmm. That's, for all of you who may not know, the new year should actually start when the sun ingresses into Aries. Yes. <laughs> it should not be it should not be in the middle of, of Capricorn's. I mean, like, yes, Capricorn helps us reflect on the past, but like Aries is like, let's go, let's let's actually do something new. Yes. Um yeah, I just love that. And I, I'm actually doing um I was bringing Equinox panel myself with with a couple of buddies of mine. So, oh, cool! Uh, yeah, yeah. I was, they asked me to do that, and I, she asked me to do that, and I was like, "What would be the point?" But like, uh, the more I think, the I thought about it, I was like, "Oh my god!" It's like, it's it makes so much sense. It's mm -hmm. a horoscope for the, like, uh, yeah. So yeah, uh, maybe uh, I should say a, an electional chart for the for the year. The yeah, year to come. yeah. That's more, um, more, more. Uh... I guess, correct terms, you could say. <laughs> yeah, but um, I love, you know, I love the sun and Aries. Um, have few, few good buddies of mine who are Aries sons and they just are full of life and I, I, I love them. So like I uh, wrote down passionate, pioneering, spring, obviously, uh, bursting forth. Uh, I love using the glyph of Aries, it reminds me of a sapling, like just yeah. a, little, a little sapling just coming out of the ground being like, here I am. Mm -hmm. It's a new year. I'm so excited. Um, so uh, bursting forth with great passion and energy. I also wrote down a struggle and conquering with and of the self, a struggle with and conquering of the self, like because the sun is, is our self-expression, um, kind of like how we exude our personal light. And then Mars is like battles of conquering. Mm -hmm. So like the sun is intimately tied with who we are. Yes. And who we're becoming. And Mars like kind of gives us that fire to like fight with ourselves. Not, not in a bad way, not like this, this really like horrible internal struggle, but this, this very, um, this very proverbial allegorical way of, of interacting with the self. It's, it's a tale as old as time. We, the, the Zodiac, the wheel of Zodiac are, is the labors of Hercules. Yeah. It's like the hero's, yeah. The hero's journey. <laughs> exactly. It is. It's the hero's journey. You are conquering yourself. You are 
you are becoming the hero of your own story of your own the ideal image of a hero um whatever that might look like for you yeah so yeah that's very very important there and like aries sons aries in general is like very much so about, about like um kind of undoing itself in a way too because it's very athletic um so it's like expends all its energy and then it's tired and it needs to recover and it's like okay we're gonna do it again all right now i'm tired again so just this very like um this intensive process of just like really pushing yourself to the limit and then you're like okay well i worked a part of myself out there now let's go again and i just i love that about aries it's very passionate fiery that way um that willpower fuel of living from the heart a uh, fuel to living from the heart struggles and batter battles for Uh, and while doing so, so struggles and battles to live from the heart and like Mm-hmm. be who you are, assert yourself, um, and the the willpower, the drive to do so, um, being in an air, uh, God, a fireside, um, and then uh, sacrificing of the self to fight for what be- we believe in, and then all the other Aries uh, keywords, perhaps brash, perhaps a little instigating or combative and defiant and irreverent. Mm-hmm. Too so, yeah yeah it's a good time it's like finally like like you were saying that Aries it looks like a tiny little grass like sprout coming out through the ground emerging so it's like the yes. you know Aries to me I always signify the first emergence of um of life you know it's the time of year where the dandelions come up and they're the first food for the bees so that the bees can restock and they get like drunk and the dandelions and they're like just flopping around getting all that pollen man Aries is just like it's just you know you you hear the bugs coming back there's more noise there's just the sense of busyness the birds chirping um Yes. air smells different like it smells warmer I don't know if it's because I live in a super seasonal climate that I like notice these things, but there's like such a shift as soon as airy season comes around. Yes. Yeah. And like, if you think of the imagery of a sapling, like a seed first has to be planted in the ground. The seed then like breaks open Yeah. and the, the sapling has to push and struggle its way up through the soil. And then once it's finally reached that threshold, that's when it breaks through. So it's this very like, it's a, it's like this story of battle. It, even though it's, it's life, but it's, it's fighting for its right and its will to survive and to thrive and to, and to burst forth with new life. And like, so fitting that the sun is exalted here um, because like being the spring equinox, the, the sun, the heat of the sun, the light of the sun, gives life that's that's what that's what it needs like without without sunlight without the heat of the sun without the light from the sun um plants wouldn't be able to grow they wouldn't be able to perform photosynthesis like everything would just be dead without the light and the heat of the sun and that that very that heat is is so life-giving I'm like channeling aries right now i'm like let's go let's you know let's get ready i'm getting um, excited yeah yeah <laughs> it's gonna be great it's gonna be great oh, yeah 
So our next transit we have is on the 21st. So the next day after the official spring equinox, we have a, a Venus conjunct Saturn. You know, this transit can go two ways. Because like I hear yeah. people are like all the time, they're like, oh, Venus conjunct Saturn, that means love is going to end. Venus conjunct Saturn can also be everlasting love or committing to love. It's not necessarily the end of relationship or the end of love. My favorite delineation that I always say is thrift, conservation, um, you know, mm. someone that likes to have nice things, but not spend a lot of money. <laughs> mm. <laughs> um, and, you know, in the sign of Pisces, it could be romanticized ideal for the future as well, too, like coming up with some mm -hmm. sort of big visionary plan with a partner. Um, you know, what's our retirement fund looking like? Let's plan a romantic trip together so we can enjoy each other's time, something like that. Um, and with, you know, it being in Pisces, it brings this level of like emotional maturity um, and compassion mm -hmm. and understanding as well, too. So like, you know, Venus conjunct Saturn could feel difficult. But maybe we need to come at it with understanding and compassion for the other party as well and work through those hard or difficult feelings to come to some sort of resolution in that sense. Yes. I just love that. Yes. And and yeah, I I always I always kind of chuckle myself because I get I get a couple DMs um when you know Venus and uh Saturn aspects are happening, like, oh my God, you know, like. I've been seeing this person. Is it going to be over? I'm like, no, dude, it's, it, it, it will be over if, because it's a Saturn is a quality control. Mm. It's a quality check. That's what it is. And, and Venus, I guess too, in a way, um, yeah. Venus is more like, you know, um, is it pretty? Is it nice? Is it, is it harmonic? And then like, um, Saturn is like, okay, is this, is this practical? Like, is this working? What about this is not working? How can we improve? Um, it's it's down to business. So, yeah, it's a quality control, uh, quality check, quality control check, I should say. Sorry. Of our relationships, of how we relate to the other, mm -hmm. of how we um, see ourselves and others. Because I, I saw this thing that uh, I don't know. Remember who who posted it. I'm I'm sorry to the astrologer that posted this, and I can't remember who you are. Um, but Venus, the glyph of Venus, looks like a mirror, and like, yeah. it's so fitting that it's that it's partnerships because we see ourselves reflected back to us in our intimate partnerships, mm -hmm. and like it's it's really like Venus and Saturn is like okay, how do you how are you reflecting yourself back to yourself? Like how are you are you seeing this person as a mirror? Is this, are they an adequate mirror? Are you adequately perceiving your own reflection? Like how you are acting in relation to this person, to this partner that you have? Um, yeah, it's a big one. So yeah, um, it's not just, it's not just relationships ending or stopping. Yeah. It's, it's, it's relationships that stand the test of time through, through obstacles and hardships that you surmount together. Mm -hmm. together yeah being part of that relationship um so just to run through some stuff i wrote down um i wrote timeless art 
work and play, uh, the the balance of pleasure and necessity, um, wants and needs, art as ritual, mm. meditation. Yeah, I, I thought you would like that I one. Like that. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, so the, the arts in general is ritual, um, or just like making that part of your part of your process. Um, part of like how you integrate into the physical world is like having some some artistic pursuit that you do that helps you stay grounded. Mm -hmm. um, I love that for Venus and, and Saturn aspects. Um, meditation on Venus. Um, again, Saturn is also a, an analyzer of symbols, um, an interpreter of symbols. Um, and so it will meditate on Venus themes and just like, you know, observe the thoughts that it, that we have about them, about art, beauty, pleasure, sex, um, money, um, uh, the finer things, the pleasures of life, um, our personal aesthetic, uh, how we perceive beauty. Mm -hmm. And then I did that. And then I did appreciation of Saturn. So we're meditating on Venus coming at it from the Saturn aspect. And then we're appreciating Saturn coming at it from a Venus aspect. Mm -hmm. Um just like appreciating what, what it means to work hard, what it means to be responsible, what it means to think deeply, um, and to, to break through into unknown, uncharted territory um, through slow, methodical thought and contemplation. Mm -hmm. um, and then, yes, it could mean coldness or distance in love, obstacles and tests in love, pressure in relationships. Um, but again, surmounting them and being stronger as a result. Um, and then I always have to do the guardian of the, thre of the threshold analogy here with whenever Saturn gets in the mix. Um, we hit a wall with recurring Venusian themes. Um, we we keep making this, we keep hitting this wall and how we relate, how we um, interact with other people, our, our sex relationships, pleasures, um, friends, all that sort of deal. Um, and then searching along that wall that we keep hitting for the threshold, meeting the guardian of the threshold. Um, but it's like Venusian flavored because the guardian of the threshold is ruled by Saturn. But in this case, being conjunct with Venus, it's going to be like the karma of our relationships, the consequences of our actions and our relationships, mm -hmm. how that's built up over time. Yeah. And then if we need to, stepping through to a new way of doing them and, and uh, a new way of integrating that Venusian aspect into our life and integrating that Saturnian aspect into our life and, and our relationships and our ability to love and appreciate beauty um, and just love in general. And just be able to love is strengthened as a result. Yeah. Yeah. Once again, a very Venusian month. You know, there's a lot of relation, like whether you're single or not, like there's a lot of relationship dynamic going on and or how you relate to other people, whether it be like strangers mm -hmm. in public or like deep intimate connections. Yes. And, and, Another thing that I wanted to touch on just really quick on that, because I, I like to do this um, with Venus and Saturn aspects, uh, I try to challenge myself to find the divine and the beautiful in in suffering, 
and like and seeing that that maybe that sadness and that melancholy as an invitation in itself to find and appreciate the divine and the beautiful there in that in that very moment of like god this is so hard this is such a grueling like gauntlet i i just don't know how much longer it can go on and then being like oh <laughs> it's not that serious i'm 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 seeing and appreciating how beautiful this struggle is because it means that I'm alive. Mm. And it means that I'm here. Yeah. And it means that I'm that I'm breathing. So like seeing that beauty there is um it's been kind of hard for me sometimes, like no lie, of course. But other times I've been like, wow, what an appreciation for the for the human physical experience to be able to to have that. Yeah. Isn't the definition of compassion something along the lines of to suffer along with? You know, to have compassion for someone is sh showing you understand their suffering, you know? Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Oh. So our oh. next transit we have is March 22nd. We have Mars moving into Pisces and Mars is here until about April 30th time period. Um, so some very generic... <laughs> ways of putting it is like cutting through water um i think mm -hmm. of swimmer easier when i think of mars and pisces this kind of infection <laughs> um you know water penetrating the body or this feeling of infiltration of emotions feelings or intuition as well too mars being infiltrate ah, i can't say it infiltration and pisces being things like emotions feeling and intuition Oh yeah, I love that. Yeah, I love the emotional infiltration. Ah, see, I did it again. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that that sort of like I don't know. I just kind of feel like a maybe like an outside prodding or like being like poking or or something mm. that's trying to maybe get into your own emotions. So be careful of that. Be careful of like. martian um archetypes manifesting themselves trying to get under your skin um with that because it's interesting that mars is is in domicile in a water sign in mm. one water sign but in fall in another yeah um and like even then mars mars is intraplicity in night charts if it's in a water sign sign yeah so like it's this weird sort of dynamic that it has but so i I, I think of Mars and Pisces um, as uh, internal martial arts. Mm. So like Tai Chi, Qigong, um, those sorts of deals. Uh, Nagong, that's uh, internal alchemy uh, in, in Taoism. But that that really like, you know, the, the, the training on the inner plane, you know, like a training montage, but like you're in this super like, weird psychedelic place mm -hmm. um think i think of that um diving deep to confront scary and taboo parts of the unconscious and cutting out the illusory and intoxicating um emotions bubbling up or exploding to mm. the surface um advocacy for the artful and mystical and spiritual and sacrifices for being able to uh apprehend and, and have those parts of uh have those facets in your life 
Um, and then uh, I also put aggressive escapism or intoxication. Like you're just, just being like, just be careful of being so, so done with, with life and things like that with, yeah. with the physical world that you just really, um, you know, maybe do something brash or impulsive to try to detach. So just be careful with that. You know, don't yeah. go, don't go too hard. Don't party too hard. Um, but yeah, I, I think Mars and Pisces is is a really great placement for for that internal searching, that subjective like diving in and and cutting out what is what is no longer serving us, what might be poisonous. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's an interesting dynamic. Looking at it more personally, we have mm -hmm. the two malefics in Pisces. So at, where Pisces is in your chart is kind of being hit. But we also have the mm. exalted Venus, which is a benefic. So it's like maybe the hardships and the struggles that are going you're going through in this area of your chart, wherever Pisces may fall, there's some sort of gift there, you know, yeah. if we can see it <laughs> yes. or if we can yeah. use it productively um, in that sense. So, yeah. so our next transit we have is uh, March 23rd, we have Venus sextile Jupiter. It's a lovely transit. I mean, the only other better way would be like a Venus trine Jupiter or possible mm -hmm. conjunction of Jupiter. And this was my Carol King, you got a friend conjunction. So, <laughs> or transit. So if yeah. you, if you want to understand like the archetype of like Venus sextile Jupiter, you know, exalted Venus, um, Jupiter being in a Venus world sign, sextiles being of the nature of Venus. Listen to that song, whether it be Carol King yeah. or whether it be James Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's just a lovely transit, you know, like I was saying, Venus being like able to really do Venetian, Venusian things like harmony and love and pleasure and beauty and friendship mm -hmm. and Jupiter being in Venus's sign, which just adds a level of unity and support um, in that sense. Mm -hmm. It feels helpful and hopeful and just pleasant. Like that's a very simple way of putting it. And I might be sugarcoating yeah. it. And I don't want people to like expect that great things are going to come just because this is happening. But it just seems like for some, it's going to be a great time. Um, mm -hmm. it could be something as simple as just being able to talk to someone that you really enjoy their company. Um, someone that's always there to offer support or help. Um, it just yeah. seems like a day that like, like a day of celebration almost, or just a day of like, like if you make the effort to connect with other people, there is going to be some sort of benefit there. Yes. Yeah, I I I do love I love whenever Jupiter and Venus get together. Um always a good time. Mm -hmm. Um I I mean I guess really the only danger uh is just like getting a little too like carried away and being like kind of hedonistic. Yeah. Um or just overspending or something like that, but mm -hmm. um yes, yeah, so I guess just be careful of that, but in general um yeah, the the you've got a friend dynamic, like having having such a good friend uh, that is there for you in times of need, um, mm -hmm. that it teaches you something about love, that it teaches you something about life, like a, um, 
that relationship itself, that friendship or whatever, whatever kind of relationship it is, um, really teaching you something during this time. And it doesn't have to be again, like this huge thing, but it, it can just be this thing that makes things go smoother uh, with the sex, things be more pleasant all around and helps you be more content. Um, and just, or just like a, someone coming and helping you learn something about your relationships that you didn't see before, like a relationship guru or coach or teacher or something like that. Come being like, Hey, have you ever thought of doing this? And you'd be like, Oh, no. All right. I'll, I'll do that. And it just is really nice and pleasant. It makes things really smooth. And yeah, Yeah. big aspect. Yeah. So interesting enough, you know, the aspect starts really perfecting on a Friday. It perfects on a Saturday and then we also feel it on a Sunday. So it's just like the weekend of the 23rd seems like, you know, something, you know, it's the freaking weekend. Maybe I'm about to have me some fun. <laughs> something like that. That's another one of my theme songs for the month. No, I'm kidding. I'm going to put R. Kelly on my theme song list. Um, oh my god <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I feel like that is almost like the transit of the month just because mm. it's like this exalted Venus you know having an aspect that's of the nature of Venus having Jupiter in a Venus world sign of course I haven't looked at the decans or the bounds of where this aspect is happening but it just seems like we, we do have the moon in Virgo which is kind of like a party pooper no offense Virgos <laughs> but it, it, it's coming up into a full moon because uh, the, two days later we have a full moon um, and it's a lunar eclipse, correct? Yes, it's a, yeah, it's Yes, our first, it is. it's our first eclipse of the season for um, the Aries Libra axis. So it's a full moon in Libra. It's a partial eclipse, I believe. Don't quote me on that. Um, this is ushering in eclipse season for the year. So March 25th time period comes around and we have official entered the eclipse portal as some people call it. Um, you know, with the moon being eclipsed, I like to broadly think of the circumstances becoming invisible or becoming hidden with the moon being the circumstances, possibly a, um, like a change of mind as well too. like the twisting and turning of fate, uh, the moon ruling over fate and fortune, the nodes bringing Mm-hmm. unpredictability. Um, but, uh, you know, with that Venus-Jupiter aspect, it almost seems like there's this, like, secret support system happening behind the scenes. Because the planets, you know, we have Venus at 17 Pisces and we have Jupiter at 16 Taurus. So they're still very within engagement for this eclipse. Yeah. Yeah, that, that mutual reception is really nice, especially between the the benefics. I Mm. mean, like I I would really hope that that um helps things out a little bit, even after Venus gets out of her conjunction with Saturn. Um Yeah. I, I just feel like um being a benefic sign, whenever when even if malefics are in benefic signs, they're helped a little bit. I, I don't think that that's like an accidental dignity. Well, no, it is an accidental dignity thing. Um, if a malefic is in, is in a benefic sign, um, kind of helps things out a little bit. So, um, yeah, the...
that eclipse, man, I, I'm I'm interested to see how it goes because yeah, it's the it's the first eclipse in the season um of the Libra Aries like nodal axis thing going on. So interested to see how that how that pans out, but um yeah, time to time to call myself out here because I have a Libra moon. Oh, yeah. So, So we had an eclipse, right? We had a quote unquote Libra Aries eclipse, but the moon, it was out of sign, correct? Yeah. yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah. So this So, is like the yeah. first official. Okay. Exactly. Yeah, this is like, this is, this is kind of like a harbinger, or, not a harbinger, a precursor Mm. of, you know, how. these kinds of eclipses between the Aries and Libra axis are going to be going. Yeah. So it's really going to make us examine the, um, the polarities of, you know, being an individual and being in a relationship, you know, doing things your own way or kind of negating yourself to do things, you know, another way that might, that you might not exactly want, but might be better for, for the group at large. So, Let me just again call myself out and read what I wrote down. Um, a maternal invitation to sit with distortions around love, union, togetherness, harmony, balance, and symmetry, and how this makes us feel. Um, that I I need to stress this: the moon is not like it's not analyzing things uh, like like Mercury would. You know that's not the part of our mental mind that's analyzing things and doing that. It again is asking us how we feel and doing so like a mother would, like sitting down and being like, hey, come here, come here and sit with me and like, tell me about your day. And, and like the moon being our mother and representing mothers in general, it does act like a mother. It can see, it, it's very sensitive to the, to the ripples that it perceives in us. And it's like, oh, what's going on there? Do you, what's like, do you want to talk about that or share how that, how you've been feeling about that? Um, Yeah, it's a very beautiful moon is a very beautiful planet i feel like i talk about the subconscious distortions and stuff a lot of the time and that's true but the moon is also our mother and she wants us to to have a more secure and intimate and devoted understanding of whatever sign it's in and whatever aspects it's making Yeah. Comfort and security and relationships and with the other devotion to the arts, beauty. Um, so like Venusian stuff about creativity and the arts and, and art and painting and music and theater, all that sorts of deal. And all the other arts that I didn't mention either, you know, there's, there's crazy for
Yeah, with this eclipse, like what I've noticed is people tend to panic, like, and I think it's I think it's more of like getting caught up in the what's the what's the best way to describe it? Getting caught up in the chaos of the world, or like feeding off of other people's energy when eclipses come up. And like my only concern with this eclipse is like with an exalted sun and the moon being eclipsed is like big egos like conflated ego oh, because yeah. the north node is in in aries yeah. and the north node tends to conflate or consume um mm. and the south node tends to purge or eliminate so i wonder mm -hmm. if like people are gonna really get caught up in like yeah. the the i don't know the rat race i guess you could call it or something along those lines um yeah. you know mars like, mars being an aries like you know heated debates and conversations stuff like that yeah like the the personal self-assertion um and like just you know putting the middle finger up to everything else and everyone else and being like that's this is what i'm gonna do um and that's that's it <laughs> um yeah. the yeah the the north node is um uh, I, I like I like Adam's ways of describing it because it just makes it easier to conceptualize for me. The North Node is increase and the South Node is decrease. Mm -hmm. um, the North Node might be like going towards something while the South Node might be pulling away from it. Yeah. Yeah, um, exactly. So yeah, definitely like the um the the going towards or the increase of airy stuff during this time. So yes, the the you know the fearless self-assertion and the courage and the and maybe the selfishness or bulldozing over people um or being brash or impulsive and then um the the southern uh sorry the south node of like how we might mm, what libran themes we used uh we we expressed and used in the past that helped us detach or like remove ourselves from something um so again like that how how is that unconscious people pleasing um how is that placating or vacillating or indecision um kind of helped us remove ourselves from from something or from from life yeah 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 it should be an interesting eclipse um I think the April one should be a little bit more interesting, but we will get to April when April comes around because April is a very big month. So I promise you, we will talk about that later. Yes. Um. So our last, oh, I'm not advancing scars. Excuse me. Our last one we have for this month is on the 31st, the very last day. Oopsie. We have Mercury. Um, moves to 27 Aries and why is this significant because this is the degree that Mercury will come back to after stationing after stationing retrograde coming all the way back and stationing direct so I call this the foreshadowing phase so topics mm -hmm. and themes that will be coming back up for Mercury begin around the 31st time period um mm -hmm. You know, people call it the pre-shadow. I just like the foreshadowing because it's like, you know, you, you get those little glimpses in a book that you're reading and you're like, oh my God, you know, stuff like that. <laughs> it's 
So, so that's yeah. what I just like to tell everyone is like, pay attention to the mercurial things like communication and tech and travel and plans, like plans that are being developed around this time will probably have to get a revision, um, something along those lines. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Um, I love using the imagery of um, retrogrades for whatever planet there, there, um, you know, which, whichever planet is retrograde, but for Mercury, especially um, it is a time of reevaluation. Mm. Um, you are, you are going back through, you're going back through all the notes and data you gathered and being like, okay, um, which one of this do I really need? And which ones do I don't? And like, it's, it's so interesting that it's going to RX and, and Aries, um, cause we talked about this earlier of it, like bursting forth and being so excited to, to just finally put the, put the pen to paper and get stuff done. And then like, it's, it's like, it's full speed ahead. And then it's like, Oh, wait a minute. Okay. I might've been a little too impulsive here. I might've been a little yeah. too brash and, and bit off more than I could chew. I need to go back through and, and see what's going on. So, so yes, um, typical mercury retrograde stuff, expect some delays, expect some hiccups, expect some miscommunications or, or miscalculations. But um, what it's really asking us to do to, to do in Aries is reevaluate those um, Aries themes that are expressing themselves through Mercury. So those really um, pioneering, trailblazing new ideas, those yeah. new thoughts that we're having. Um, the evaluation of the re-evaluation again of Mars images. Um, I, I feel like even if, even if there there are some hiccups, um, whenever Mercury retrogrades, it's really wanting us to analyze wherever it's at, yeah, whatever it's doing, um, it, it, because Mercury already rules analysis as a rule of thumb. That's one of its correspondences. But when it retrogrades, it's like really like it's slowing down, which is not typical for Mercury because Mercury moves really quick. So it's slowing down and moving backwards and going back over what it's just what it's just analyzed. So yeah, revisions of plans and evaluations for sure. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, and I just like to tell people that it's like when Mercury enters its foreshadowing phase, it's just a time to like be aware of like, okay, things are you prepare yourself for a Mercury retrograde. That's that's it. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Yes. We got what, like a week and a half before it happens, something along those lines, or maybe two weeks, possibly. Anyways, we have some time before Mercury retrograde happens, so no need to panic. Um, just plan mm -hmm. accordingly. Mm -hmm. So that's March. Do you have any final thoughts, reflections, advice, condolences um, for the month of March? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, um, I like we talked about at the beginning. It just seems like a really nice month. Um, there, there might be yeah some some hiccups, and then with the the fire stuff happening, like Mercury ingressing into a fire sign, we we might have a little bit of combat, a little bit of heat, but like really relish the um, all the sextiles that are going on, mm -hmm. uh, the mutual reception between Venus and uh, and Jupiter that's yeah. going to be happening. For a minute um during this time it's gonna be really nice um so yeah really just uh i i would say 
enjoy the beautiful wherever it manifests. Realize that it's that it's here in the mundane and the physical world, and also that this physical beauty stems from a spiritual beauty, that it is the concrete manifestation of a spiritual idea. Um, thoughts are things. Um, you know, um, Plato's Plato's um, treatise on forms. Oh my God, I can't remember the name of the dialogue. Um, yeah, it's 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 a Platonic dialogue. I can't remember what it is, but he he conceptualizes the entire um, theory, his entire theory of archetypes. There, oh, I'm going to be so upset at myself. I'm not remembering that. Um, but yeah, remember that. Um, all these manifestations, though they are beautiful physically, um, they stem from something that is eternal. And that even though we are in time, we are part of time, our bodies are subject to time, our souls are eternal. Our, our, our essence is eternal. Um, we, we are in the world, but we're not of the world. So like really relish that and be like, wow. And don't, don't disconnect or don't disassociate. I'm saying to notice the tension there, to notice that, to, yes, to notice that discontent and also to notice that appreciation of being alive, of, of being human. Um, yeah, that, that's what I would say for that, for sure. Oh, I love that. I feel like this episode was super like spiritual, new agey, but that's kind of the nature of it. I mean, Pisces yeah. is Pisces is of that archetype in a sense. Yes. So, um, but yeah, that's March. I mean, I'm going to leave it on that because I think that it was eloquently put and I can't further articulate on it. Um, so thank you all for listening. I hope you have a wonderful March and we will see you in April when everything really kicks off again. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Enjoy guys. Have, have a good fun. day.